Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw nourishment from Him so you will grow in faith. That's Colossians 2.7, and that's the theme of this entire series. And I, I hope you'll join me um, every week, several times a week, as we release these new podcasts. I'm really excited about this new thing that we're doing in ministry and because I love teaching the Word of God, and actually what this does is it gives me an opportunity to do a whole lot more teaching than what I would normally do. So we're drawing our text from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're talking about the spiritual man, and this is actually part 11. And the Bible says in verse 9, But as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. And that's a quote from Isaiah 66.4. But God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we can understand the things that were freely given to us by God. Now, God has chosen to reveal Himself to us through both Testaments, Old and New. And to be sure, there is a huge, huge difference between the way God operated with people in the Old Testament and what he did with them in the New Testament. And actually the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, serve as a bridge between the Testaments. Uh, you may not realize this, but even though those four Gospels are included in your New Testament canon of books as the first four books, they were actually written about things that happened under the Old Testament. This is the closing of the Old Testament. In fact, until Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead, the Old Testament and its ways were still in force. So Jesus came to fulfill the law, to complete the law, to show us the real purpose of the law. Do you know that every one of the things that the sacrifices were about pointed to Jesus. He was the Passover lamb. Do you know that Passover lamb was to be taken on the 10th day of Nisan? That's the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of that little donkey colt. And all the crowds hailed him as the son of David. Next, the Passover lamb was to be examined, tested for blemishes for four days. And in this four-day process, Jesus was examined. He was tested. They gave him their most difficult questions, and Jesus passed every test during that four-day period. Do you know that even when Pontius Pilate had Jesus beaten and scourged, uh, the, the term is used that he was examined. God, uh, Pilate examined him by scourging. Uh, and, of course, there was nothing for Jesus to confess to, and uh, he wasn't guilty of anything. So Jesus fulfilled the Passover. 
perfectly. He died at the time that the Passover lamb would die. And the Bible says that Jesus, when he died, cried with a loud voice, signifying that he was capable of living even further. But at that point in time, he yielded up the ghost. He gave up his spirit in order to fulfill the type and the shadow of the Passover lamb dying uh, in the afternoon, somewhere around three o'clock. And then he rose again from the dead on the next feast, which was the Feast of Firstfruits that came three days after Passover. So Jesus fulfilled all of those things, came and gave the Holy Spirit uh, to the church in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, another feast. So he fulfilled all of these things. And we can learn so much by looking at these natural battles that the children of Israel fought uh, we can learn from them how we receive from God. Now I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, this is where the Apostle Paul tells us that we learn from these natural wars that the children of Israel had. He said in verse uh, 1 chapter 10, 1 Corinthians, For I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the fact that all of our ancestors were under the cloud. Now pay attention to the number of times that the word all appears in this text. And they all went through the sea. And they all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food. They ate manna. Uh, they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they continually drank from the spiritual rock that went with them, and that rock was Christ. But God wasn't pleased with most of them. And so they were struck down in the wilderness. Now, that word all appeared there five times, meaning that these people had all tasted of the grace of God. They had all been given a deliverance by God, not because they deserved it, but because they were chosen. They were called by God on the basis of the covenant that God had made with their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we see that they were all chosen. Five times that word appears. Now, just because they had received from God's grace doesn't mean that they all tasted of everything God wanted them to enjoy. They did not receive all of the promises God had for them. And this is a lesson for you and for me. There are many of us, so many of us, who live way beneath our privileges. We just don't know all the things that God has given to us and how we're to receive those things. Now, some of that is due to the fact that, that we're ignorant, that we're not taught these things. And by the way, uh, you can be destroyed because of ignorance. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. That is why it's so important that you be taught what God's Word says. Otherwise, you won't be able to receive. You have to know. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So uh, these people all tasted of the spiritual blessings. The Bible says there was a pillar of fire by night that, that kept them warm. Those desert nights where they were could get extremely cold. There wouldn't have been a lot of wood there. So God gave them a very comfortable environment. Uh, for 40 years, he 
put the cover over them at night. And in the daytime, it was a cloud that covered them all. It benefited all of these Israelites. And so God gave them manna supernaturally. God uh, gave them water to drink. Uh, the Bible teaches us that the, that the rock that sprang forth the water uh, was symbolic of Christ, that, that, that the pre-incarnate Christ, not God the Father, God the Father has never been seen at any time by any man. But when the Israelites and when Moses and the elders of Israel saw God, what they were seeing was Jesus. They saw the pre-incarnate Christ. And he came and traveled with them. He was there hovering over them that whole time. And so he was the one who was there in the rock where the water was. He made that happen. He's the one who parted the Red Sea. He was there the whole time. You know, in the book of John, it says about Jesus that he came to his own and his own received him not. And we read right through that and don't think about what it means. But if he came to his own people, that means that these are people that he had known before. Or they're the people that he created. He carved them out of the world, so to speak. And he set them aside for God's purpose to be an example. And I like what Amir Safarti uh, says about this that God did not raise up Israel to show the world an example nation, but God raised up Israel so that he could show the world who he was. We learn about the character of God by watching the way he dealt with the children of Israel. And it's a good story. Now, these people had wars. They had to fight wars. There were spiritual wars that they had to, to, to fight and to overcome with. And the Bible says these things, 1 Corinthians 10, 6, ISV, they became examples for us so that we won't set our hearts on evil as they did. And they fell into four types of evil. They were idolaters. That's in verse 7. They sinned sexually. That's in verse 8. Uh, they tempted the Lord. That's in verse 9. And they complained. That's in verse 10. And that's why these people suffered and failed to go into the promised land. In fact, there are only two of the generation who came out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, saw the miracles. Only two of those people made it into the promised land ultimately, and that would be Joshua and Caleb. And we're going to be focusing on them for the next day or two uh, in this study. Now, just because you're saved then doesn't mean that you're going to receive everything that God has for you. These people were saved. They were delivered. And God delivered them from Egypt's bondage, which is a shadow, a picture, a type of Satan who held us in slavery. And boy, was he cruel. And he is cruel. Doesn't care about you at all. And so God delivered them from Satan. And he took them out of the bondage of Egypt. And he meant for them to go on into the land of Canaan. But they didn't. And the reason that they didn't is because they were not spiritually minded. Now, this is so important. Just because something is God's will does not mean He's going to dump that thing on you. God has things for you that you are going to have to fight for. In fact, the Bible tells us that we fight the good fight of faith. What is a good fight of faith? A fight of faith is a fight 
to receive something that God has promised to you. And you don't have to make it happen, but you do have to cooperate with what God has said in order to make this come to pass in your life. And it won't come to pass automatically. It doesn't fall on you, as one man said, like ripe cherries that fall off a tree. God is not in the dumping business. God is in the faith business. God is looking for faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And the Bible teaches us we have to learn to walk by faith. Now, here is why there is a fight. And, and it's not because God is trying to be stingy or God wants to fight with you. That's not it at all. I'm going to read from the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And Ephesians is an amazing book. And we'll study Ephesians one of these days because it, it's a book that deserves its own study. It is a fascinating book. But at the end of the book of Ephesians, after the Apostle Paul has taught us about all the things that God has given us, the last thing that he gets into is this battle that you and I are to face with evil spirits and demonic powers. And he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty strength. That is in Ephesians 6.10. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the devil's strategies. For our struggle is not against a human opponent, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers in the darkness around us, against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. For this reason, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand or to take a stand in that day. And when you have done everything you could, you will be able to stand firm. Now, see, we're not really doing the fighting. All we're doing is the standing. The fight was done by Christ and is continuing to be done by Christ as he makes these things come to pass in our lives. But... He paid for them all when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. But Satan does not want you to have what Christ has already bought for you. There is a fight then in receiving, and, and that's so very important for you and I to understand. God doesn't dump these blessings on us. They are revealed to us by spiritual means. Now, if you had something of great value, if you had a treasure that you wanted to give to your children, you wouldn't take it out into the street and put a sign up by it and put the name of your son, hey, Butch, here's the $5,000 I wanted you to have. It's in the envelope at the base of this sign. You wouldn't do that because you know what would happen. That $5,000 would be stolen immediately. And it's the same process with God. He does not leave our blessings out laying everywhere where they are in plain sight and easy to steal. My goodness, the devil and the spirit of this world is already out there taking and stealing the stuff that God intended for you and me to have. Do you think that God intended for all wicked people to have all the money? have all the financial means to do the things that they do? Do you think God intended all of that for them? Do you think that God intended for the wicked to have all of the property, property that we need to propagate the gospel? Do you think that God intended for the wicked to own all of the airwaves, the media, the methods of communication? Do you think that God intended that? No, He didn't. He intended for us to have 
so much of this for his work's sake. I'm telling you, we have a free gospel, but the piping that we have to have to get that gospel to people costs some money. And so you and I need to be blessed. We have to fight for the things that God wants us to receive. And not just for the natural things, but we have to fight for our families. You know, when your family is in turmoil and your children are not doing well, if your wife is sick and diseased and on death's door, it's very difficult to concentrate on the works of God. When your children are addicted to drugs or alcohol, it's difficult to uh, concentrate on the things of God. That's why God wants us to know how to fight the fight of faith so we can get, first of all, our own houses in a place where we're blessed. And I want you to listen to me carefully. Some of you have not heard about these teachings and about the goodness of God until after your children were raised and up and out of the house. But I got a promise for you. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 15 through 17, there's a promise from God to you that your children can come again from the land of the dead. And this is one of the great things I know about the Lord. Even when we may have messed up and we didn't know what God had for us, God can still redeem our families and He can bring them back around. And it may not happen as quickly as we would all love, but it can happen. And I have seen it happen so many times. In fact, I've been a part of it happening. And I have actually led some of my distant relatives to Christ when they were very near death. And I led them at the end of their lives to Christ, to saving knowledge of Jesus because of prayers their parents prayed 60, 70, 80 years before. And that's the goodness of God. Now, what I want you to see is that we are in a war, and these spiritual forces are very, very real. You know, when I first came to Christ, I found out that this was indeed a warfare. I didn't know there was a war. The devil didn't want me to know there was a fight. In fact, I was comfortable going to hell. I was on my way to hell. I was unsaved and I was lost. But the minute that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I began to fight battles concerning my salvation, concerning my peace, concerning my place in Christ. I had no idea what I was fighting against. I was confused every day. I began to wonder whether or not there was a God. I began to wonder whether or not He heard prayers. I mean, I was tormented mentally. And it took me a while to learn to enjoy the peace that God wanted me to have. I had to fight for that peace. It was not dumped on me. That's why the Bible tells us we fight the good fight of faith. And everything that we receive comes through a fight. Well, that's all the time I have for this podcast, but we're going to pick this up again in the next one because there's so much more to learn here. And I want to thank you for joining me with this, so don't miss the next episode.